Last week we started a series, uh, our Christmas series, entitled God With Us. And as followers of Christ, it is very easy to believe that God is with us when things are going good. When things are just the way that, that we want them, it's easy to believe that God is with us. We talked about last week, when we're on the mountaintop, it's easy to believe that, that God is with us. But what about when things get tough? What about when things uh, really don't go the way that, that we think they should? Is God still with us? And so many times and, and so often we forget God when we're in the valley. We forget God when we come off of the mountaintop. But we learned uh, last week that in the valley was where we meet God in an intimate way. Where we can relate to God. Where God wants to, to minister to us. And there's different seasons in our life. And there's different ways that we can encounter God. And the verse that we've based this series off of is a very familiar verse found in Matthew chapter 1, verse 23. When it says, look, the virgin will conceive a child. She will give birth to a son and they will call him Emmanuel. Which means God is with us. God is with us. So here we have the Christmas story. We have the beginning of. Mary being told she was going to conceive a child. And that we would call his name Emmanuel, which means God is with us. And last week we talked about God in the valleys. But this week I want to talk about another way and another place that we need to experience God. And that is God in the wilderness. You see, the wilderness is different than the valley. In the valley, you can see the mountaintops. In the valley, you, have, you can see where you're going. But a wilderness is different. A wilderness can last a lot longer than a valley. Somebody say amen. A wilderness can last a lot longer than a valley. You see, a wilderness is a, is a barren place. It's a dry place. It's a, a desolate place. It's a place where you feel all alone. And when you think about the image of a wilderness, you, you begin to, I immediately go to the children of Israel. And here they are wandering through the wilderness, wondering when they're going to get out, wondering when they're going to, to finally make it to the promised land, when they're going to make it to what God had promised them. And you might be here this morning, and you may say, I'm not in a valley, I am in a wilderness. I am stuck in a job that I hate, and it seems like it's never going to end. I'm in a relationship that I feel so dry, so barren. And you go through these things, and when you're going through the wilderness, you feel as if no one really understands what you're going through. I mean, you will tell someone and you will try to explain to them what you're going through, but deep down you think they don't get it. You feel all alone. And it's interesting that in the Bible, most of the time, a wilderness experience follows a mountaintop experience. When we look at Jesus, 
in the New Testament when he was baptized by John. Here we have this great moment. Jesus believes the Spirit descends upon him. God the Father speaks and says, This is my Son in whom I'm well pleased. He, he talks about all of these things. And then immediately it says that the Holy Spirit drives him to the wilderness. If we look at the children of Israel, they had just crossed the Red Sea. They had just been delivered out of bondage from the Egyptians. And immediately, where do they go? They go to the wilderness. That may happen in your life. Things are going great. Everything is, is perfect. You think you've found the man of your dreams. And then you find out all of a sudden that he or she is not what you thought they were. You thought that your spouse was being faithful. And then all of a sudden you find out that they weren't. You thought that your job was perfect. That probably doesn't happen very often. But everything's going good with your job. And then all of a sudden, that boss comes in and says, we're going to have to let you go. You've went from a mountaintop experience and you've been driven into the wilderness. And the thought that I want to look at today is just a simple thought. And that thought is that your deepest need becomes a gift when it drives you to depend on God. Your deepest need becomes a gift when it drives you to depend on God. You see, too often when we get in the wilderness, we're looking for a way out by our own means. But God wants to get us to a point that we understand that our only way out is through Him. And when we can get to that point, and when we begin to depend on Him, that's when everything changes. So I want to look at a very familiar story this morning found in 1 Kings chapter 19. And if you're familiar with that story, here we have Elijah the prophet. And God has used him in massive ways. He has literally been on a mountaintop. But almost immediately after his mountaintop experience, we see him driven and we see him run to the wilderness. We see that he's desperate. He's depressed. He feels all alone. He is scared for his life. The evil king Ahab had a more evil wife named Jezebel. And when she heard the story of everything that Elijah had done, she gets mad. And I can imagine the conversation, her looking at her husband, saying, if you can't do the job, I will. Elijah needs to die. So she sends Elijah a message to tell him that by this time tomorrow, you're going to be dead. She threatened him. Now here King Ahab had been coming at Elijah for many years. But all of a sudden the woman gets mad and Elijah gets scared. Can anybody relate to that? Don't look at your spouse, your wife. She makes a threat, and Elijah was afraid, and he ran for his life. Now, we're not talking about he just went from here to the mall. 
He ran to Beersheba, which was 100 miles. I mean, he was flat out scared. He gets to this town. And when he gets there, he leaves his servant there, and he goes on a day's journey. Here he was. He was just on the mountaintop, and he ended up in the wilderness, alone, scared, depressed, desperate. He, he comes to a broom bush, and he sits down. And when he sits down, he prays that he might die. He said, I've had enough, Lord. I can't take it anymore. He had put up a battle. He had fought with bravery. He had had faith. He had had courage. But now he's to a point. He's scared. He's frightened. He's in the wilderness. He's at the end of his rope. Many of us have had those same kind of experiences. We've come to a point that we're at the end of our rope. You've heard the saying, the straw that breaks the camel's back. You've experienced that. I mean, here Elijah, he had stood down the evil king. He had prophesied. He had called for a drought as punishment, and God stopped the rain. The king was mad at Elijah, so he sent his forces to kill him. God hid him for three years. He protected him. He fed him through ravens from heaven. God used Elijah to raise a dead boy. He stood down 850 prophets of Baal. When he called fire down from the heavens. And God shot down fire. And consumed the altar. And then God destroyed all the false prophets. And then Elijah. Prays for rain. And it comes back. All of these things that Elijah had experienced. God's protection. God's provision. God's presence. God's greatness. And a woman makes a threat. And he runs for his life. Many of you have come in here this morning and you're running for for your life. You're tired. You think you're physically worn out. Right now, my response, when people ask me how I'm doing, I say, well, I'm I'm still above ground. I'm not six feet under. Anybody ever had those days? You ever had those weeks, those months? You may have walked in here this morning thinking, I can't make it. I'm tired. I was reading an article by a Christian psychologist, Henry Cloud. And he said, a lot of times people misdiagnose your challenge. Because it's more than just being tired. I mean, if you were just tired, you could take a nap. And it would fix it. Yesterday I came home and I was physically tired. I had been out early. I told my wife, I said, I'm, I'm going to go to the guest room. I laid down. It was probably, what, two and a half, three hours? I was just out. I was physically tired. But even after I got up, I began to realize it's more than physical exhaustion. It's more than that. And a lot of you in here this morning, you might need physical rest, but it's more than that. You need a spiritual replenishment. You're not just tired. You're not just overwhelmed, but you're spiritually depleted. You need an encounter with a holy God. You need His presence. You need an intimate moment with Him where you can experience His grace, His goodness, His mercy. His loving kindness. You need more than just physical rest. 
As we looked at last week, Psalms chapter 23, verses 1 through 3. The Lord is my shepherd. I have all that I need. He lets me rest in green meadows. He leads me beside peaceful streams. He renews my strength. He guides me along right paths, bringing honor to his name. Bringing honor to his name. So here we have Elijah, and he comes to this broom tree. He sits down. And in verse 19, or chapter 19, verse 5 and 6 of 1 Kings, it says, Then he lay down and slept under the broom tree. But as, the, but as he was sleeping, an angel touched him and told him, Get up and eat. He looked around, and there beside his head was some bread baked on hot stones and a jar of water. So he ate and drank, and he lay down again. What did God do? Elijah was tired. Elijah was spiritually depleted. He had given everything that he had. And what does God do? God didn't preach him a sermon. God didn't give him ten verses to memorize. He didn't give him a a three-step program to get better. He didn't question his faith. He tells him, he says, go eat and rest. Go eat and rest. Sometimes the best thing to do is rest in His presence. Rest in His presence. There's a difference in just laying down to take a nap and resting in the presence of God. Take a step back. Take a breather. There's been times in in my life that that I feel... I have felt spiritually depleted. Pastor, you can't say that. You're the pastor. You've always got to be on the mountaintop. You you should be always ready just to spout out encouraging words. I can tell you there's been times in my life that I've felt spiritually depleted. There was a time a, a couple of years ago that I felt that way. And my wife had an opportunity to, uh, she went away for a, a trip, and I went with her. And while she was in, it was, it was in nature. It was, it was at a state repar- park. And you know I'm not the outdoors kind of guy. Um, I am from West Virginia, but I've never been hunting or fishing in my life. I know I just lost my man card with a bunch of you. doesn't bother me. Um, I don't eat deer meat. I know you say, well, if you had it cooked right. No, I don't eat deer meat. I don't care. Somebody had some in a jar, and it had been canned. They said, oh, that's good stuff. I thought it looked like something to come out of the biology lab. (laughs) But I got an opportunity just to get out, just to meditate on God's Word. And I left that trip. My cell phone didn't work there. And those of you who really know me, you know that is a catastrophe. It is bad for me. But it didn't work. And so here I am. And I get away and I just rest and I meditate on God's Word. And I left that trip a different person. Because I just took a step back. 
I took a breather. I rested in His presence. In verse 7 of that same chapter, it says, Then the angel of the Lord came again, touched him and said, Get up and eat some more, or the journey ahead will be too much for you. So he comes back to Elijah, and he says, Listen, I know what you're getting ready to face. I know the journey that's ahead of you. And you're not ready. You're not prepared. And God loved him enough that the angel of the Lord come back and said, you need some more rest. You need to to eat some more. And so he came back a second time, and, and that's what he did. Why is that? Because I believe that the presence of God continued to pursue him. And you may be here this morning. And if you're like me, maybe sometimes you don't get it the first time. Sometimes, maybe you're like your your children or our children. You have to tell them two, three, four, five times. Go clean your room. Go do your homework. Sometimes we're the same way with God. God wants us, and He says, I'm going to continue to pursue you. If you didn't get it last week, I'm still pursuing you. If you don't have what you need to get through what you're going through, through your wilderness, I'm still going to pursue you. And there's those of you here today that God is pursuing you. And you've pushed Him to the side. You've tried to ignore it. God is saying, come rest in my presence. Let me give you the strength that you need for the journey that's ahead. You notice here in this story, God just didn't come down and say, boom, Elijah, it's over. Your wilderness is over. It's all better now. He said, no, I'm going to give you the strength that you need to get through the journey, through the wilderness that you're about to encounter. God wants to strengthen you. Having an encounter with God will give you the strength to continue the journey that's ahead. So he gets up, he eats, he rests, And it said that that gave him what he needed to travel 40 days and nights until he reached the mountain of God. So God gave him enough, enough strength to get through his journey and he gets to the mountain of God. You think, okay, it's over. Elijah, there it is. There's the mountain of God. Go out and worship him. What does Elijah do? Probably what a lot of us would have done. He probably griped and complained that he had to go 40 days and 40 nights. And instead of going out on the mountain, instead of seeing what God had provided for him, he goes into a cave to have a pity party. Anybody ever had one of those? You ever had one of those days that you just want to go in the corner and and cry and tell God how bad everything is? Poor me, nobody has it as bad as me. Come on, let's be honest in here. We've been there. I've been there recently. During this building project, sometimes I just want to sit down in the corner and cry. God, nobody's ever been through this before. So here he is. Poor me. I have it rough. And God looks at him and says, what are you doing? What are you doing? You have access to me. 
And here you are hiding from my presence in a cave. Sometimes I think God looks at us and says, what are you doing? What are you doing? You have access to me. But you're sitting in a corner talking about how bad that you have it. And I'm not trying to negate because as we say around here, we understand and and we know that life is hard. Elijah wasn't making up the stuff that had happened to him. He was literally running for his life. It was real. And what you're going through is real too. But the reality is, is that we serve a real God. A God that we have access to. A God who loves us. And so when we look at him and say, God, why haven't you delivered me? Why aren't you answering my prayers? God, do you hear me? God, why don't you fix this situation? Why don't you take care of it? That's where Elijah is. He's in a spiritual wilderness. But at this moment, he is in his deepest need. What does God do? What does God do? God brings healing in the middle of his hurt. Going back to the original thought, your deepest need can become a gift when it drives you to depend on God. We're humans. We're hard-headed. We want to fix it on our own. God says, depend on me. God wants to show us who he is. How much that he loves us. Verse 11 and 12 says, Go out and stand before me on the mountain. And as Elijah stood there, the Lord passed by, and a mighty windstorm hit the mountain. It was such a terrible blast that the rocks were torn loose. But the Lord was not in the wind. And after the wind, there was an earthquake. But the Lord was not in the earthquake. And after the earthquake, there was a fire. But the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire, there was the sound of a gentle whisper. The sound of a gentle whisper. You think, why did God whisper? Why did God just not shout it out? Elijah, here's your answer. Elijah, I'm over here. Why, when life was so difficult for Elijah, did he show up in a gentle whisper? I believe he whispers when we're in that situation because he's close. He's near us. He's told us in His Word, He will never leave you. He will never forsake you. He's told us that He loves us more than we could ever imagine. When you're in the valley, He's with you. When you're in the wilderness, He's with you. He's right there. He doesn't need to yell. But sometimes in our own situations, we become so caught up and our life is so busy that they're screaming all around us and we can't hear his whisper. 
And I believe that's where he said, be still and know that I am God. Take time to get away. Take time to rest when your heart is hurting, when you feel brokenhearted, when you're asking, where is God? Psalms chapter 34, verse 18 says, The Lord is close to the brokenhearted. He rescues those whose spirits are crushed. The Lord is close to the brokenhearted. She finds comfort in that. You may be here this morning, you may be brokenhearted. David wants you to know that the Lord is close. He wants to whisper peace into your spirit. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verses 8 and 9. We are pressed on every side by troubles, but we are not crushed. We are perplexed, but not driven to despair. We are hunted down, but never abandoned by God. We get knocked down, but we are not destroyed. Here's Paul. If you're very familiar with what he went through, he says, I am been pressed on every side, but I wasn't crushed. I was perplexed, but I was never driven to despair. I was hunted down, but never abandoned by God. God loves you. He said, I was knocked down, but I wasn't destroyed. God sees you right where you are. God knows. You may be here this morning and you may be thinking, I'm in the wilderness. Nobody knows. Nobody understands. I can't explain it. You may be thinking nobody cares. You may be sitting here this morning having a pity party. And as I said, there's no doubt that probably what you're going through is traumatic. But there is a God who loves you. Matthew chapter 1 verse 23 says, Look, the virgin will conceive a child. She will give birth to a son and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God is with us. God is with me. God is with That wasn't just a promise telling us that physically Jesus was going to be among us. I believe it was a promise that says no matter where you go, no matter how far you run, God is with you. God loves you. With every head bowed and every eye closed. If you're here this morning and say, Pastor J.W.,
in a situation right now that I feel so isolated. I feel like that it's never going to end. I don't have the strength to go on. If that's you, slip up your hand. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Listen, life is hard. Life is difficult. God loves you enough that he sent his son and they called his name Emmanuel, which means God is with us. you to know that if you will rest in his presence if you will give it to him he will give you the strength to continue the journey I didn't say the journey was going to be over the children of Israel wandered for 40 years before they reached the promised land you say well that's It's not very encouraging, but God was with them every step of the way. God directed their paths. There'll be times that you're going to mess up just like they did. God's still with you. He loves you. I'm going to ask everybody to stand. told you last week that especially in our current setup sometimes I struggle more with how to close a service than I do with everything that leads up to it there are times that we will just join hands and pray there are times that we will just close in a moment of prayer and then there are times that We'll walk to this altar. We'll stand before a holy God. And people who are like family will gather and pray for us. If you're here this morning and you raised your hand or even if you didn't, I would like the opportunity to pray with you. And our prayer team would like the opportunity to pray with you. Because not only does God give us his presence, but he also gives us people to help push us along. People to hold up our arms when we're weak. And that's what we are here. If you're a guest or you haven't been here very long, if you stick around long enough, you will find out that this is a church who truly loves each other. You may come from a background that in a church that it just wasn't that way. I can stand here before you and before God and say, this is a church that loves you and loves each other. Period. No questions asked. Non-judgmental. Want to meet people right where they are. That's us. So I'm going to ask as I pray, If you raised your hand, if you would be bold enough 
to walk down those steps and just let us pray. Because the Bible tells us where two or three agree, touch anything that it shall be done. God wants you to know that he's with you. So as I pray, don't hesitate. Don't miss this opportunity to rest in his presence. Dear Heavenly Father, I come before you. God, you see every hand that went up across this auditorium. God, I pray right now as they come forward for us to pray. God, I I bind everything, everything that the enemy may be telling right now. God, don't let them hesitate. Father, let them know that you love them, that you need them to rest in your presence, to get up and to go. God, I believe that you want to do something right now in the lives of those who raise their hand. Satan, I come against everything that you're whispering into their ear right now. The doubt, the discouragement to keep them from resting in God's presence. God, it's only because of you. God, I pray right now that as we pray for those who've come down, God, that you speak peace into their soul. That you speak peace into their life. God, that you let them know that you sent your son. They called his name Emmanuel, which means God is with us.